The His Girl Friday podcast is brought to you in part by Messenger Fellowship, living the kingdom, fulfilling the call, proclaiming the truth. Happy Father's Day weekend, everyone. Can't believe it's already June 15th. The first half of the first month of meteorological summer is coming gone. As such, I'm a little behind with the podcasting. I admit it's been a crazy couple of weeks dealing with a bunch of random things that have come up. Even this weekend, it's going to be a wire-to-wire type setup. And as a result, instead of being able to cut this audio in the comfort of my home office, I'm having to do it on the road in the car through my iPhone. So apologies if the quality with this podcast is just a little subpar. So for today, I wanna talk a little bit about ways we can hear God speak to us, specifically at work. As I was telling our Commission U course this past Wednesday, there are a lot of materials and resources out there on how to hear the voice of God. It's a very important subject. And it makes perfect sense why there's so much content devoted to it. At the same time, in my research, I haven't seen a whole lot of content specifically geared to targeting vocationals who are seeking to hear God speak to them during that nine to five grind. So I think it's important to make certain distinctions when it comes to hearing God during the busy stretches of our day and of our life. Those moments when the noise is at its highest, although for some of us, it's going to vary depending on what we do. Before I go any further, though, I want to share a quick word. It's kind of like a prophetic word, kind of random off cuff here. Uh, But it just hit me yesterday how some of you might be in desert places or desert seasons in your life. And you don't have that assurance of when the season is coming to an end or where the finish line is setting up. Some of you listening to this podcast today are super thirsty. You're craving sustenance. You're desperate for God to fill you in only ways that he can. But as the Spirit convicted me recently, sometimes we're so bummed out, so discouraged the fact that we are in a desert place, we forget that God is always there wanting to be our oasis during those stretches. So God was like, Cam, you're so distracted from your need for water, your need for thirst, being filled with my goodness, fullness, love, compassion, etc. And instead, your desire to get out of where you're at is blinding you to what you really need first and foremost. And I think a lot of times we're desperate to get out of those desert places because we think that if we do, then we'll be able to tap into that water that we need. We'll find what we're looking for. When the reality is, and this is a random word picture, but remember when Aladdin and the genie fly into the desert They fly into this random oasis, and during this time, Aladdin is groomed and trained to be a prince. And this is random oasis in the middle of nowhere. We don't know where it's setting up. All we know is that the oasis exists. And I believe for some of us, we need to choose to see God in that way. He exists. The oasis exists. There's always a water source nearby where you could run to the faucet of God's heart for you. So just wanted to share that while it was fresh in my mind before I forgot. All right, back to three ways we can hear God at work. All right, so we've established in other podcasts how we are kingdom agents. We are ambassadors on the front line. We all carry unique responsibility when it comes to discipling people, loving people where they're at, 
being a transparent representation of who Christ is in all situations and circumstances. And no question, this responsibility manifests greatly in the workplace, whether we're leading in humility or serving with authority. Clearly, our purpose thrives as we help others find theirs. Yet while these efforts often demand what I'd call a lion-like attitude, I believe we can mature our influence by humbling ourselves and living like sheep, which I know sounds like a catch-22, an oxymoron, whatever. But in all seriousness, if we truly desire to impact people, then we must seek to hear the Lord with all our hearts in all modes of life. As the psalmist declares, God not only wants to talk to us like a father, but lead us like the master shepherd he is, again, regardless of where we're at. So I think we can look at ourselves as sheep-ish leaders, not sheepish leaders, sheep-ish leaders. We could take certain steps to hear God better at work. Now, my first point centers on trust. Before we could hear God, we need to get to that place where we're fully trusting in Him. And this comes from John 10, 3-4 and 14-15. The sheep hear His voice, and He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. When He has brought out all His own, He goes before them, and the sheep follow Him, for they know His voice. I am the Good Shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. All right, so let's jump into the application. Imagine you're a supervisor delegating tasks in hope to achieve an important outcome. How would you manage? Obviously, you wouldn't assign work outside your team's ability or understanding. Rather, you'd ensure they were properly trained that they had everything they need to execute, and that they were clearly communicated to. Unfortunately, when it comes to God, we often think we have to know our way to what he's trying to say, as if he's a detached boss speaking over our heads in hope we'll one day figure it out. But truth is, when we recognize the Lord as shepherd, this comes from Psalm 23, verse 1, in whom we lack nothing, we can rest assured he will be faithful to awaken our ears to hear Isaiah 54 through 5 as opposed to just leading through circumstance. John 10 verse 3 captures this beautifully. The sheep hear his voice. Notice how that verse starts out, those five words. No effort, no striving, just listening and hope to follow. Listening in hope to follow. It's the epitome of stillness and motion as well as confirmation that our call is rooted in listening and obeying not skill and power but that's another podcast for another day continuing into verse four we see how god as shepherd not only shows the sheep where to go but goes before and calls them by name it's a very important distinction accordingly the flock is at peace trusting the shepherd's voice knowing the emphasis is not on their following but on his ability to lead John 10, 27, later in that same chapter, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Isaiah 30, 21, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whether you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. So bottom line on this point, hearing God speak at work starts with trusting him at all times. 
Even when God works in mysterious ways, Romans 11:25, he still speaks in ones we can understand, trust, and obey. A lot of times we think, well, okay, God works in mysterious ways that we can't possibly understand, so he's going to speak to us in the same manner. That's not true. While there's certainly distractions that can compromise our hearing, when we are at a point where we could actually hear God, it will be plain and clear to us. It doesn't mean we don't reference the word or a concordance or some other resource, but ultimately God's not going to speak over our heads. He wants to speak right to our hearts in ways that register and resonate with us. So first point is trust the shepherd. Our next point is follow the leader. And this is based off of Psalm 23, verse 1 through 6. And really, this entire podcast could basically be seen as how does Psalm 23 apply to us at work, in the marketplace, etc. All right, so Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right, so for many of us, we have no problem telling God where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow. Very popular Chris Tomlin song. The conviction here is when it comes to what you do, I'll do. What you say, I'll say. What you love, I'll love. We're far more hesitant. Why is that? I submit while it's easy to trust God in the green pastures and quiet waters of life, it's way harder to trust him in the darkest valleys surrounded by enemies. David captures this vividly in Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted, there's point number one, in your steadfast love, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So if there's ever a time to ask the Holy Spirit to light up our eyes, declaring, I yield myself in this moment of decision, wanting only that which will glorify Jesus, it's when we work. After all, one could say there's hardly a place more consuming than where we're employed. And when I say consuming, let me clarify. In short, I'm talking about competing voices, compromised ethics, and crazy unpredictable workloads. I'm not saying that those three criteria don't apply outside the office, but in the sense of how they converge, usually our work is where we're going to see those items more frequently. That said, even when we feel lost within our corporate flocks, even when we think the daily grind is more like a daily distraction, again, note what the Lord, our shepherd, does on our behalf. Going back to Psalm 23, in verse 3, he guides us along the right paths for his name's sake. In verse 5, he establishes our steps by preparing tables, which if he could do this in the presence of our enemies, he could surely do this in the presence of our leaders, our supervisors, our bosses, our colleagues, etc. He anoints our heads, he fills our cups. And then verse 6, as we follow him, his goodness and love follows, which 
when I hear that, it reminds me of Isaiah 52, 12, when, ta- when Isaiah talks about God being our front and rear guard. So you take all of this, you get the idea that God is not only faithful to illuminate our hearts to trust, but also our strength to follow, knowing that he's our front and rear guard. And from there, empowering us to trust our bellwether leaders. For those of you who don't know bellwether, th- those sheep with a bell, they're castrated, which that automatically loses application to what we're talking about. But essentially, they're the, the sheep that have the bell on them that lead the other sheep. They're kind of like in between the shepherd and the sheep, or I guess the shepherd, sheepdog, and the sheep, depending on what type of flock metaphor you want to roll with. Either way, the bottom line, trusting God's leading means trusting his will and those he entrusts, which includes ourselves. Last point, still your soul. Still, S-T-I-L-L, your soul, just in case that sounded like steel. Our scripture for this point, Psalm 103, most of us know it well. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. For many of us, nine to five silence can be hard to come by. Phone calls, conference meetings, appointments, trainings. No doubt the quest to quiet our souls is far from easy. I know in my case, I have an open cubicle. Since I'm not a higher up, I don't have the luxury of a door to my office, which means people could literally just walk in, barge in any time asking me a question. And oftentimes, I'm completely unprepared to help them until they start talking. During those moments, I'm reminded how hard it can be to kind of have that quiet posture that, ah, the silence is so refreshing. (laughs) It doesn't happen for a lot of us. Thankfully, where there's a will, there's a still. Let me say that again. Where there's a will, there's a still, where we can allow the Spirit to convict their hearts as we worship and focus God where we're at. Again, using my case as an example, as a TDOT finance employee, You could say I work inside a moatless cubicle, as previously mentioned. I provide travel, departmental budget, and federal grant reporting support to a network of over 2,000 people. Now, usually, I'm helping people one at a time or two at a time. Even when I do conference training, it's usually not more than four to six people. But overall, I am open to helping a large amount of people. The joke I relate to Lissa is like, you know, sometimes I bring an umbrella to work even on dry days because even when it rains, it pours. Still, pun intended, even on days when I'm drowning in what I can't control or tempted to wallow in what I can't understand, that still small voice, that gentle whisper reminds me of the invitation with my name on it that calls me to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That's Psalm 104, the verse after, the one we just read. Uh, and helps me to die to my own reasons, feelings, false hopes, the distraction that, oh man, I'm in this desert and I don't like it. You could say there's a direct correlation between hearing that still small voice and the beginning of our priorities being purified. And before you know it, my peace is secure with the shepherd, my domain, nothing more than the daddy's lap where I inquire what he insists and longs me to resist where I am his and he is mine. The bottom line here is don't just draw near to God, but soak in his impressions, 
even if you feel like you don't have the time, just consider those opportunities that the Lord is wanting to light up for you. Remember, the goal is to be close to here, not here to be close. Even in silence, God's guidance is always perfect. His heart always felt. His ways always clear. Real quick, let me unpack this a little bit in some more practical ways. I think for a lot of us, we overcomplicate hearing the voice of God. I think it's not hard at all to recognize when he's speaking to us. I think the hardest parts is discerning the intent, again, the application, and what we're to do with what we hear. That's the hard part. On the other hand, it's also hard to position ourselves to listen in the first place. If we're postured to listen, then the hearing, again, is not difficult. So really the challenges are kind of like bookends. You have, you have a challenge on the front end and a challenge on the back end. We're in the middle. Think of it like a bell curve. That's the sweet spot where we're actually hearing God. As far as setting ourselves up, I think we'd be surprised how many opportunities on a day-to-day basis exists where we can quiet ourselves and simply meditate on his ways, on his nature, on his heart. I know for me, sometimes I just need to get away from my desk for a little bit and I'll walk some stairs. Um, I may even use the restroom and I, not to sound TMI here, but I basically find a place where it compels me to think about the Lord. And as silly as the restroom metaphor may be, it has become a trigger for me. When I am relieving myself, I'm finding relief in the fact that no matter what is going on in my life at that moment, I can reset with God. When I'm walking stairs, getting a little mini workout in, I can make certain declarations to him on how I'm going to think the rest of the day, how I'm going to focus the rest of the day. Negative thoughts that have crept into my mind, I could take that opportunity to take them captive in the name of Jesus, quoting scripture and resisting the enemy assuming that there's not like this crowd of people clogging the stairwells. I don't want to necessarily freak them out. Basically, what I'm trying to say is find those checkpoints at your work, at your day job. Just thinking about old school video games, how you'd play a level and there are certain checkpoints so that when your character died and you had to start over, you could start at that checkpoint then from the very beginning of the level. And I think that's a practical picture for how we can view our days. Even if our mornings are rough, we can get away with God, have a moment of of silence, of stillness, of quiet, Submit where we're at to God and reset the day with Him. It's the vocational equivalent of being in that oasis where we're under the faucet with God and He's allowed to downpour on us, to to download on us. So hopefully this extemporaneous example is helpful. Either way, we are done for today's podcast. However, permit me to plug in our next podcast coming up in a few weeks where we're going to talk about how we can test apply and share our guidance and impressions for this episode we talked about how we can get to the guidance and impressions next time we're going to talk about okay now what what do we do with them till then don't stop by leaving okay that was super cheesy but you know how i roll by now as always listen i are here for you we're rooting for you if you have any questions feel free to contact us or leave a comment below we always appreciate your input Have a great rest of your Friday and weekend, and we'll catch you on the fry. Peace.